there are basically two explanations for the outcome of an election. Either the election is somehow illegitimate or the outcome is actually what the voters wanted. So regardless of whether you're talking about, um, you know, it being illegitimate because of cheating or because of human error or and and regardless of what it is the people ended up voting for, the senselessness of a open southern border, the warping of our children's minds, you know, in school or the the loss of our place on the world stage over climate alarmism, regardless, either the election was flawed or the people have spoken. Thank you for listening to A Hope and a Future, a podcast that explores the church's intended role and influence in the earth, both now and in years to come. So let's consider these two possible explanations for the, uh, you know, the, the red wave, not materializing and the, you know, the, uh, the Democrats really doing pretty well coming out. Okay. Now, perhaps the election was flawed in some way, uh, you know, though not as widespread as in the 2020 election, there were some oddities, uh, you could say that, you know, I think were pretty hard to ignore. I mean, first of all, just the amount of time that it's taken for Arizona and Nevada to uh, to count votes. I mean, it's inexcusable, really. Just because we had a pandemic two years ago, we're now expected to think that four days, six days, seven days, eight days, however long of this ballot shuffling is just normal. You know, up until two years ago, this would have been considered totally third world banana republic nonsense. But they seem to be trying to kind of make this out to be the new normal. But anyway, beyond that, beyond that, let's just take um, Nevada. So the Republican, um, Adam Laxal, I believe was his name, he was ahead by like 2% of the vote with only 20% of the ballots left to be counted. That's a pretty, that's a pretty nice position to be in in politics. But then... Apparently, those last few precincts just overwhelmingly, you know, <laughs> went for the Democrats. So, you know, okay, okay, possible. That's possible, right? Well, also, strangely, far more people voted in the Senate race than in the governor's race. Now, now that's strange. So, okay, think about it this way. When you voted, okay, did you leave part of your ballot blank? Did you vote for who you wanted in the Senate, but then decide not to worry about who got these other major offices? I mean, that's kind of weird. Okay, so that's strange. How about this? In one county, the security cameras stopped working, just stopped recording what was going on as they were counting ballots, for about eight hours, this these cameras just didn't work um, on one of the nights, you know, where they were counting counting ballots. So that's just, it's just odd, okay? The fact is, very few people have any real confidence in our current election process. Uh, I don't care if you're 
you know, I don't care what your your side is, what your views are. Um, you know, the 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 left doesn't trust the elections, uh, but partly because they um, partly because they just really seem to not think that uh, conservatives are a viable part of the election process anymore. But they don't seem to trust them, and then certainly conservatives don't don't trust elections like they used to either. It's so, you know, not as widespread and in your face as what we saw in 2020, but there were certainly some oddities in this uh, midterm. But in spite of the, you know, the gasping of the left, it's clear that things definitely need to be cleaned up. Okay, this is not election denial, but things need to be tidied up. Foster the Sound Studio exists to cultivate relationships with artists and creatives while helping in the process of releasing the sound and content they carry. Foster the Sound Studio accomplishes this by providing encouragement, genuine relationship, collaboration, and the use of studio quality equipment in order to release professional content. You can find out more by visiting www.ftsstudio.com. Okay, so if the elections were not flawed, okay, or at least in, in not in a significant way, okay, what essentially did the people vote for? Because remember, if, if the election was, was basically on the up and up, then the people have spoken. So in that case, what exactly did they speak out in support of? Well, how about, how about race hustling? How about race hustling? You, you remember Jesse Smollett, et cetera, et cetera. He, my, my favorite, though, Obama. Now, you got to admit, Obama was the greatest contributor to racial division in America in my lifetime. He really, he really got the ball rolling. Now, ironically, uh, you know, I mean, talking about Obama, he's here he is, a member of a supposedly oppressed race in America, not only being elected president twice, you know, by his bigoted countrymen that hate him, but, but on top of that, his, you know, th there's a fairly new phenomenon that's taken place where presidents after their time in office have started having presidential libraries built, you know, in their honor. Well, his, the, the, the library currently under construction for Obama uh, in Chicago, by the way, has a price tag of a half billion dollars. And yet again, he and his, you know, his people are hated, marginalized, you know, at constant risk of violence. He knew from his own life that progress is fragile, that we have to be vigilant against the darker currents of this country's history, of our own history, with their whirlpools of violence and hatred and despair that can always rise again. Bull Connor may be gone. But today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks 
of black Americans. Okay, so kneeling on the neck of black Americans, uh, you know, of course, that's referring to George Floyd. But you know what? George Floyd is not a good representative of your, your average black American. Okay, he, he's, he's simply not. This is a hustle. Okay, it's race hustling. And now, after these midterm elections, we'll be seeing probably a lot more of it. Now, speaking of Chicago, what else was given a thumbs up in America according to these uh, midterm results? And that mass shooting we were just talking about is in Chicago was in the troubled uh, west side of town where the bloodshed is frequent. It happened about 9.30 p.m. local time. People had gathered for a vigil. Police say it was an SUV that pulled up. Two gunmen opened fire and sprayed bullets into the crowd. The whole thing was over in about three seconds. Fourteen people were injured. Witnesses say one man was shot in the head and one person was hit by a car in the chaos. But among the victims are a three-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 13-year-old boy. The rest of the victims are said to be a of course, of course, crime. Now, crime, uh, particularly in cities where, uh, you know, there's been a kind of a Democrat stranglehold on power um, and, and, ha- and, and have for years, crime is skyrocketing while the mayors and the governors just babble on and on about the injustices of cash bail and police profiling methods and things like that. Okay, so how about the border? Apparently, people along the Mexican border in Arizona are currently pooling their money together to hire their own private armed security services to patrol their counties to try to get, you know, a handle on the endless flow of illegals coming through. So there's the, there's the southern border, another thing that was, you know, I guess you could say voted for in the midterms. What else? Um Oh, here's here's one. Now, listen, before I play this soundbite, I feel like I need to tell you, this is not a scene from a 007 movie. It also challenges. We can speak about the multi-crisis, an economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation, of course, is the transition into a multipolar world which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. That's right. That's right, kids. One one world global anti-national sovereignty agenda. That's that is that is applauded by the Democrat Party at this point. The Dems love this stuff. Why do you think they want to weaken the U.S.? It just seems like everything they do is weakening the U.S. on the world stage. It's because, at, it's because as it stands, the independence mindset that basically defines America is the greatest barrier to the globalist agenda. 
that dude and all his his friends at the you know World Economic Forum and Davos and all this stuff, they openly have admitted that if they get their way, the plan is that the citizens of the world will quote own nothing and be happy. That, that's what they say, and I'm telling you that the Democrat Party they 100 percent support these plans. Uh, they, they do. And by the way, Trump made a speech uh, the other day announcing his intention uh, uh, officially to run for the presidency in 2024. Now, whatever you think about him, whatever you think about Trump, just for some comparison, let's have a little soundbite, a little snippet from his speech the other day. I am asking for your vote. I am asking for your support. And I am asking for your friendship and your prayers of this very incredible but dangerous journey. If our movement remains united and confident, then we will shatter the forces of tyranny and we will unleash the glories of liberty for ourselves and for our children and for generations yet to come. America's golden age is just ahead. And together, we will make America great again. Kairos Artistry is a small business in Western North Carolina that began with a love of capturing the simple moments of life for all to enjoy through the lens of a camera. Kairos Artistry has developed into a robust video and photography business covering all areas in the field. Some of Cairo's artistry's featured services include drone property tours and interior floor plans, capturing your favorite athlete in high action sports photos, highlighting products or accentuating the look of your website, acquiring that ideal professional headshot for your portfolio. Kairos Artistry is ready to walk you through all the services they offer and customize them in order to meet your needs. You can contact Kairos Artistry by calling 828-284-3008. Kairos Artistry LLC is FAA licensed and insured. asking for your vote. I am asking for your support. And I am asking for your friendship and your prayers. This very incredible but dangerous journey. Okay, Trump's words, um, you know, kind of bring us to the point. If our elections are mostly reliable and fair, then what, what Trump needs is the support and ultimately the vote of the majority of Americans. That'd be true for, for any, anybody running for office. If our elections are flawed, I mean, if we, if we no longer have reliable and fair elections, then what is needed can only be called election reform, right? I mean, maybe, uh, maybe that was a big part of the results of the midterms last week. Maybe it was. I, I don't think as much... Uh, as it was, you know, two years ago, uh, I don't, I don't really feel like, you know, that flawed elections are really the a, a huge factor in the midterms. I really don't. Now, if I were going to bet, um, I'd say the flaws in our election practices played a a very small role 
this time around, and I think it was mostly the people who voted. Um, it's a little bit of a frightening thought, perhaps, again, but again, you know, there are only two possibilities. If it, if it wasn't issues with the election process, then the people voted for some race hustling, increased crime, an open southern border, inflation, and ultimately the belittling of the U.S. for the sake of a globalist totalitarian system. I mean, it seems crazy, but that's all it can be. That's all it can be. So now, here's what I want us to think about with this. So who is able, able to and has the responsibility to address and fix the electoral system? The government. The government. So whatever role that did play, uh, you know, it will finally be remedied by the government doing what needs to be done. Okay, now, who is able to and has the responsibility to change the hearts of the people who vote? It's not the government. It's the church. It's the church. And to, you know, and to that, I know a lot of people may say, well, the Lord, you know, it's the Lord that changes hearts. Okay, but the Lord has basically limited himself to working through his people, okay? So listen, the leftist agenda may get, uh, you know, codified into law by leftist government, uh, you know, the officials. But leftist thought, the leftist mindset, it is spread through our culture not by those guys. It's, it's spread through our culture by the leftists on the street, in the schools, online in the movie industry, in the music industry. So think about it. The left has taken its goals and its mandate far more seriously than the church has taken ours. So this is what, this is what we know. Let your light so shine that others will see it and glorify God. So this, so, you know, we like, we like to think that we are mostly Christian and then secondarily conservative. But this is something I've been thinking about lately. I'm telling you what, I don't know that, that that's accurate. My reading of Scripture and my observations about history, I, I'm telling you, being the passive doormat that people brush off and ignore, that's a whole lot more of a feature of the political conservative agenda than it is a feature of the biblical child of God, okay? We say that, you know, we're witnesses. You know, we're Jesus' hands and feet. But then we only apply that to convincing people that they don't want to miss out on heaven. What's one of the premier aspects of the Christian life? It's repentance. Listen, repentance isn't just a religious term. It's an actual word, and this word means changing the way you think. But we don't boldly address the way people think, saved or not. We don't, we don't really, I guess we don't want to intrude. I, feel, I guess we feel like we're intruding on people if we, if we do. But 
So we're acting as if we, we just need to make sure people hear the most basic outline of the gospel, and then that's it. You know, like uh, John 3.16, maybe, maybe 1 Corinthians 15, uh, and maybe a tidbit from here or there in other places, but then that's it. That's all we want to, then we're going to leave them alone after that. Okay, if, that's, if that really is all that's necessary, how much of the New Testament are we saying is a waste of ink and paper? And, you know, it's no wonder that the gay agenda has been able to so thoroughly infiltrate the church. They call themselves red-letter Christians. We seem to feel as though we're going too far if we claim that the, the whole New Testament might be important, uh, let alone the whole Bible, you know. So we complain about the lukewarmness of the church, but are we pressing the converted to actually assimilate to the kingdom that they now have become a part of. And you know, so I've been thinking about this too. I've been noticing just how much non-leftists are influenced by the left. That's because of the strong and pervasive nature of leftism. So here's the question. How strong and pervasive is our influence in the world? I don't think we are here only to affect people who agree with us. That's, that's what we've done. We've made it a situation in which we're, we're hoping to get people saved. Then once they're saved, then we, we say, hey, we're on the same page. We agree. And we don't think about anybody else. You know? now, do I, now, listen, that, that doesn't sound like Jesus' ministry to me at all. That doesn't sound like Jesus' ministry at all. Do I want people to get saved? Of course I do. But look, as crass as this may sound, in the meantime, I want even those people who are resistant to being saved to be influenced in their thinking by the pervasive nature of the people of the kingdom of God. Okay? God's ways are better than the left's. That's just true. Okay? God's ways are better. And, and look, I don't think we have to wait for everybody to convert in order for them to see that that's the fact, okay? So, again, if, if, if the elections are flawed, that's the government's problem. Ultimately, the government is going to have to address the issues with our elections, whether it be state government, federal government, whatever. That's their thing. But if it's a people problem, the government can't fix that. Okay, the church, that is in the arena of the church. I think we have, to, we have to begin to change the way we think ourselves so that we can begin to see the thinking of those around us change. I, 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 think, I think we have gotten into a place where when we look at the world around us and we see the way people are leaning, the, the views people are adopting, the fact that the left is uh, so... Uh, you know, so influential. We just, we just, again, I've said this a hundred times, I know, but we just sort of take that as a sign of the times. That's just the way it is. Like, that's just part of it. So, so we're saying, basically, this is what we're saying. Uh, no, no, no. It's God's will that everybody just hates us. 
Now, I know what I know what scripture references people have in mind when they say that. Oh, no, it's God's will that everybody's against us and everybody hates us. All right, well, here's, here's a question for that. So I guess back in the days in our nation when prayer was still in the schools, we were totally outside of God's will at that time. This doesn't make sense, man. We, I know what the Bible teaches about enmity with the world. But I think that it's a mistake to just assume that everything is going to go downhill. Everything has to be bad. We're going we're gonna to be the, the people who are despised and people aren't going to be interested in what we're peddling and they're going to say all this. It, that is a mistake because there have been bright and shining moments, not only in America, but many of them in America for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have we given up on that? Have we given up on that? Are we, are we saying now that all the glorious moments, those are gone, all the times when America was greatly influenced by the church, that's over, we're done with that now, and, and now we have to just transition gracefully into the period of time where we, have, where we no longer have influence, that the enemy is going to run, run the camp now. <sighs> you know, I, I, I got to say, if, if that's what we believe, then we're, being, we're not biblically driven. We're being circumstantial, circumstantially driven. We see what's happening around us, and we're taking our cues from that. That's a mistake. And so again, was the election flawed? You know what? I hope so. I hope so. I hope it was, I hope it was human error or, or even cheating. I would rather that be the case than the majority of Americans be okay with what we're currently seeing from the left. But I'm telling you, if it wasn't flawed elections, then the government is not the answer. The church is the answer. And we can begin to be an influence, a force to be reckoned with. And that is what we've got to begin to get our minds around. We can be the strong and pervasive force. It doesn't have to be the powers of darkness. I'm Stephen Smith, and this is A Hope and a Future. A Hope and a Future is a weekly podcast produced and recorded at Foster the Sound Studio. Graphic design by Kairos Artistry. A Hope and a Future is available on all listening platforms. Thank you for any comments and feedback.